Kolimi. Welcome to Afropop Worldwide from PRI, Public Radio International. Over Afropop's 30-year history, we're always interested in how to bring you the best music and stories from Africa and the diaspora. We started here on your public radio airwaves. We have led trips with our listeners to the continent and around the Caribbean. We created a fantastic content-rich website, afropop.org. And over the past few years, we've been exploring the growing world of podcasts. Our own podcast series is called Afropop Close-Up. This podcast lets you hear stories behind the music, the religion, the politics, and the people who make the music we love. We just wrapped up the third season of Afropop Close-Up and, well, it may have been the best one yet. We traveled from watching reggae artists in Chile, Berlin to Thomas Mapfumo's triumphant return concert in Harare, Zimbabwe. We learn how digital technology is changing Carnival in 80 and how, for centuries, the cutting edge in long-distance communication was Ashanti drumming in present-day Ghana. For this week's show, we picked three podcasts from the season we think will give you a taste of what an Afropop close-up is all about. And if you like it, well, check out the rest of the season through afropop.org, SoundCloud, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. season opener, producer Dan Rosenberg had a chance to sit down with the one and only Calypso Rose. The Trinidadian singer has been a champion of women's rights for her entire six-decade-long career. At 78, well, she's not slowing down yet. Her hit song, Leave Me Alone, became something of an anthem against sexual violence and in favor of consent. The conversation is just now catching up to Rose, her music, and her ever-insightful lyrics. Today on Afropop Worldwide, the incredible journey of Calypso Rose and how her hit song, Leave Me Alone, became a global anthem about consent. I have to stand up for women. To understand Rose, you have to understand where she comes from. And after they finish using my body, they put a knife to my stomach to take my life. For the past six decades, she's been one of the Caribbean's leading feminists and human rights advocates. Now she's back with a powerful new album with songs about sexual assault, workplace discrimination, and some thoughts on Donald Trump. I work in a domestic, quite but Calypso Rose is known for writing songs about subjects so taboo, few would even speak let alone sing about them. Calypso Rose. We are reporters in songs. I reported about the treatment domestic servants are having. The Calypso genre has often been described as a song newspaper, but traditionally focused on racy tabloid subjects. But in 1974, Rose broke that tradition, detailing the long hours and abuse many women in the workforce endured in the song No Madam. Domestic servants used to be working for $20 a month. The reason why I say I am a reporter, Calypsonians are a reporter in song. 
because they open the ears of the government, of the people around them, and they open the eyes also. I listen to the voices of the domestic servants, of the domestic workers, and it hurt my heart to see that they are working 28 days a month, 30 days a month, 31 days a month. Sometimes they have to sleep in on the job. The song led to a cabinet meeting and a complete overhaul of the country's minimum wage and workplace laws. Rose was born in Tobago in 1940, one of 11 children. Originally, her father was opposed to her idea of becoming a singer. He was a spiritual Baptist minister. And he considered the calypso to be the devil's music, in part because of its sexually suggestive lyrics. Years after he had changed, when I started moving up the ladder, he said, that's my daughter, you know. I've been breaking down walls ever since I was small. They could stand up tall and strong like a wrecking ball. I could knock them down. They said that age of 78, Rose is touring the world with the release of her most ambitious album yet, Far From Home. It is a feminist call for action on a range of issues, including equal pay and sexual violence. To understand Rose, you have to understand where she comes from and all the obstacles that she had to go through this totally male-dominated scene, which is the Calypso scene. That's Calypso Rose's producer, Yvonne Duran, who was born in Belize and now lives in Montreal. She won a competition that was called the Calypso King because it had never occurred to the organizers that a woman might win one day. When I started singing Calypso, there were so many organizations, especially from the church group, and they've been saying, why are you singing Calypso? Calypso don't belong to a woman, it belongs to a man. In 1968, Fire in the Wire won the road march in Trinidad. And they say, oh, we cannot give it to her because she is a woman. And then 1975, I came and I won the road march again. When they robbed me, that did not doubt my spirit to continue. Finally, in 1978, carnival organizers had to change the name of the competition from the Calypso King to the Calypso Monarch. While the infamous Access Hollywood tape made headlines in North America, it was a series of rapes and murders in Trinidad that transformed her song, Leave Me Alone, into something much bigger. The song became an anthem and political movement about consent and confronting sexual violence, not just in the Caribbean, but everywhere. You're going to tell me what to wear on Carnival Day? Do whatever you want to do. If you want to go naked, go naked. When you came into this world, you didn't come with any clothes. <laughs> well, on the surface, this is a fun, catchy recording that became the biggest hit at Trinidad's carnival last year. The song has a much deeper meaning. The previous year, Asami Nagakia, a young Japanese tourist, was murdered during carnival. Port of Spain's mayor, Tim Key, suggested that her provocative clothing was partially to blame. 
just because you wear something or wear not a lot does not necessarily invite somebody to be in any way harmed. Anya Ayangchi is an award-winning fashion designer and human rights activist. She was also the winner of season nine of the hit TV reality show, Project Runway. There's a faction of Trinidad that tend to be highly conservative and religious that really do see carnival as a form of evil display or this extreme hedonism. A young Chi was involved in mass protests that led to Mayor Tim Key's resignation. There's a fine line again around being conservative and then victim blaming. After another disturbing case, when Shannon Banfield was raped and murdered in Trinidad, a young Chi collaborated with Calypso Rose to launch the Leave Me Alone political campaign. The song quickly became understood as an anthem of consent. It did take on a whole other life. It sparked this whole movement around sexual harassment. Drew Gonzalez is the leader of the Toronto-based Calypso band Cobotown that has often shared the stage with Rose. They had these t-shirts, leave me alone, or guys would wear these t-shirts and leave she alone. As soon as Christmas is over, carnival begins. So the airwaves are flooded with soca music, the parties start happening. So even though it's really celebrated on two days, Monday and Tuesday before Ash Wednesday, it could be weeks and weeks of this leading up to it. And I started wearing this Leave Me Alone massive prints on my t-shirts to almost every party that I went to, deliberately making sure that I was photographed and deliberately getting interviewed. And then it went viral on social media that by the time Carnival happened, it was unquestionably about feminism and about the movement around autonomy of space for women. Calypso Rose. And you want me to go home to do what? To watch Donald Trump on TV? No, 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 that shouldn't be at all. The woman should make up their mind to know when to leave to go home. Leave me alone. <laughs> leave me alone also became an online hashtag and has gained even greater resonance recently with the Me Too movement. Anya Young Chi. How women are treated and the way in which we still feel very unsafe and under attack and therefore what we wear is still considered a problem. Between the political work of fashion designer Anya Ayangchi and singer Calypso Rose's powerful message, Leave Me Alone was more than just a hit song. It became a global movement. It really says, leave me alone to party, leave me alone to just be, essentially. It does not matter what I'm wearing. I'm not asking for it, which is another hashtag that has come up a lot in the U.S. as well. It, just because I'm choosing to be dressed a certain way is not an invitation. What is the license to have access to a woman's body? Leave Me Alone, which was co-produced by French-born pop star Manu Chao and Belize's Yvonne Duran, didn't just change minds in the Caribbean, it became a global sensation. In France, it reached number eight on the pop charts. And last year, earned Calypso Rose the Victoire de la Musique Award. L'album Musique du Monde, Calypso Rose, mesdames et messieurs. Producer Yvonne Duran. It's very funny because, no, I didn't realize it. When we were doing it, it was almost like, uh, not a filler song, but it's more like, okay, we need to do more. But Rose, she definitely knew that this song was going to be special.
was someone who could have predicted this. Perhaps it was film director Pascal Obolo. She was born in Cameroon and is now based in France. It was very important to tell a story about the first feminism movement in Trinidad and Tobago. And Calypso Rose was, for me, a very strong character to tell this kind of story. In the years leading up to Leave Me Alone, when Obolo was filming clips of Rose for Linus of the Jungle, the subject of consent and what women wear kept reoccurring. They want you to bend down low, 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 and put up your foot high, so. And as you tell them no, they will tell you put the next foot by the window. These men so advantageous, they want you by brutal force. I will call like me, they want me foot by the jealousy. In recent months, many women have shared their stories of harassment and abuse as part of the Me Too movement. A few years ago, for the first time, the world learned of the horrors Calypso Rose endured when she was a teenager. Rose shared her stories with Pascal Obolo during the filming of Linus of the Jungle. I was always afraid to be close to a male. I was raped when I was 18 years of age. I got raped by three men coming from a junior political meeting. And after they finished using my body, they put a knife to my stomach to take my life. Within my mind, I say, Lord, into thy hands, I commit my spirit. If I die tonight, let somebody find my body. Calypso Rose set out to not only change Caribbean music, but to also change its broader culture. The mighty Sparrow have written so many calypsos against women, and I came in and I stood up there and I fought. There have to be someone to fight for them. Leave Me Alone, and most of her new album, Far From Home, is in many ways Rose's response to generations of misogynistic Trinidadian songs, including Gene and Dinah, Harry Spider, and the Big Bamboo. Again, award-winning fashion designer and founder of the Leave Me Alone political movement, Anya Ayangchi. We've grown up singing songs like Gene and Dinah, which are about prostitutes in the era of World War II with American soldiers in Trinidad. Songs about women being objectified, songs about women being abused. It's very, very common that we also don't even realize that that's what we're singing. It's so pervasive in the music. This thing is bothering me day and night. You talk about nation and black and white. This thing is bothering me day and night. You talk about nation and black and white. And nobody can say for true. Who the hell Slavery has frequently been the subject of Calypso Rose's music. Earlier, we heard how her song No Madam helped end the abuse of domestic servants and ensured that they were compensated for their work. Calypso Rose also sings about how members of her own family were once slaves. My great-grandmother was born in French Guinea. She was kidnapped, bought, and sold, and ended up in Tobago. Her slave master's name was Paul. So we does not know her real name. All we know her is by matter Paul, and that was a slave master's title. On her father's side, Calypso Rose can also trace her family's roots to her great-grandfather, from South Africa, was also kidnapped, bought, and sold. And he was so strong. He was like me. I fight with words. But he burned down the governor general house in Tobago to free the slaves. 
That's the reason why every 1st of August, Emancipation in Tobago, they always speak about my ancestor, Sandy the Slave. So I wish one day you could go to Tobago and go and visit Sandy Hall because they built that building in commemoration of him. So on both sides of me, I am an African, an African descendant. You're the reporter. Do you see something in the news and want to write a song about it? Or is it the other way around? Some of my songs I have written is ideas that came to me. And then I got the melody. Some of my songs I've written, the melody comes to me. Some of my songs I've written, I got it in my dreams. I got it in my dreams. And I woke up and I write the lyrics. Yeah. yeah. I saw my great-grandmother from Guinea, Africa, coming up the hill. And she was saying, and then it has some men behind her coming, bing, 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 And then I saw a blackboard and I saw the lyrics, I can't take these feelings. Oh, yeah. My heart is reeling. So hold me tighter. Let's do this, Oka. Woo. Let's do this, Oka. Woo. So give me two boom boom in my soul. My bones are old. So let me jam. So can jam. Calypso jam. So let me jam, 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 jam. You jam in. Jam together. Oh, yeah. Jam one another. Yeah, I got that in my dream. My great-grandmother came to me in my vision with that tune, Come Let We Jam. And that tune hit the road fantastically in 1978. When Calypso Rose was a young child, she used to sit on the lap of her great-grandmother and listen to her stories from Guinea, West Africa. My mother, grandmother, she was from Guinea, Africa. She was kidnapped, bought and sold and end up in Tobago. And every evening she will sit down before the sunset and she will have me on her lap and she will watch the sea. And one evening she shook her head and she say, ow, me picnic, no man know the burial ground. And when I got big, I was wondering, what grandma was saying, and it's then I get to analyze. Grandma was saying, my child, no one knows where they will be buried when they die, because she never went back to Guinea, Africa. Her tribe was the Ibu tribe. She used to tell us about her tribe. It's so sad why you have to kidnap flesh and have it being sold for your gratification of currency of money.
Calypso Rose has also reclaimed and redefined Calypso classics, such as this one, Abatina, questioning traditional ideas of marriage. That the men get into the lives of the women with their sweet talking and their sweet movement, and as the ring go on the finger, then the abuse starts. Abatina. So ladies, never marry a man like Donald Trump. <laughs> On stage, the song takes on another dimension, as Calypso Rose acts out the abuse, both verbal and physical, simulating the consequences of kicking and punching a battered wife. Put the phone down. Don't call your mother. Go to your room. Bow. Physical abuse and mental abuse is no good at all. I am looking at Mrs. Trump, the first lady, and every time you look at her, you could see that she is hurting inside. I never see the first lady smile. Never abuse a woman. Never, never, never abuse a woman because the children grows up with that in their mind and that put a stain upon their heart and their life for life. With the Leave Me Alone campaign alongside the Me Too movement, Calypso Rose is working to ensure that the perpetrators of sexual violence are held accountable. They have to resign from their posts and their duties for what they have been doing for women. They see that women are footstool, but no, we are human beings. I have to stand up for women. Who will? They have to be someone to fight for them. Calypso Rose is spreading her campaign against sexual violence with the world tour and the international release of Far From Home. Producer Ben Rosenberg and the one and only Calypso Rose. Ambassador Osayumor Joseph is a legend of Edo highlife music. His long career in music and activism have endeared him to his hometown of Benin City in southern Nigeria, which is why his kidnapping in 2017 was such a shock. Producer Morgan Greenstreet heard the story of kidnapping and ransom from Osayumor himself. We're hearing the music of Ambassador Osayomore Joseph, a living legend of Nigerian highlife music. Why don't you just start by introducing yourself, telling us your name? My name? Yeah. yeah. Oh, my name is Osayomore Joseph. Well, during my course of going around the world performing, my people in New York, they named me the ambassador of music. 
I'm now addressed or called by my followers, Ambassador Usayamori Joseph. In December 2016, I had the honor of meeting Ambassador Osayamori Joseph at his home in Benin City, Edo State, while doing research with Professor Austin Emielu for Afropop's Hip Deep Nigeria series. Osayamori was really generous with his time. We spoke for over an hour about his history, his music, and his views on local and international politics. Donald Trump is not supposed to be the president of America. I look at him like a bully. Because he looks like a thug, and he talks, he, he sounds violent. I only pray he doesn't call Third World War. We need you to sing against Donald Trump. I don't want to sing about people like that when I come to America. They, I will be shot, or they go and shoot my people there. All joking aside, Osai Mori actually has a long history of singing against corruption in Nigeria, even calling out particular politicians by name like this song from 1992, Baba Nawa, about the former president, Babangida. At the time, Osayamori was detained, jailed, and beaten for singing this song. But because of this and other courageous acts of resistance, the people of Benin City love and respect him, and he still performs regularly in the region. Also, the kind of high-life music he makes is deeply rooted in local traditions, and this makes him a particular favorite of the Oba of Benin, the traditional king of the Benin people. All this to say, I was pretty shocked to hear the news last October that Osayamori had been kidnapped. It happened one night on the way home coming back from performing at the King's Palace. Bull started running to the car. Luckily enough, I escaped, but my wife was hit by the bullet. Mm. She survived it. She's back home now. Wow. After it was all over, I spoke with Osayamori on the phone about his ordeal. A group of men, armed with AK-47s, stopped him on the road and pulled him from his car, dragging him into the forest. Of course, I wondered, was the kidnapping politically motivated? But it seems it was motivated by something much more basic. Greed. And they now told me that they are kidnappers. That uh, in our currency... I need to pay 200 million before I'll be released. That's more than $500,000, which is really a lot of money, even for somebody of Osayamore's stature. I said, where do I get such money? They put me on a speedboat, and they drove me very far into the sea. After a time, they branched into the swamp, very big forest in the swamp. He still doesn't know the exact location of the camp where he was held, but it is likely along the Coco River, south of Sapele, in the Delta region. He was imprisoned there, sleeping on the ground, eating bad food and drinking dirty water for 30 days and 30 nights, while his family and supporters did all they could to raise money and negotiate down the ransom. The Edo sections of YouTube were flooded with pleas and songs and speeches calling for his release. Yes, 
because of the abduction to touch the heart of the people who are killed now Finally, uh, what they got from my account and my people had to borrow some money. We got 11 million naira. That's over $30,000. So the money was put in the in the sack. They hired the boat to meet us in the high seas. And uh, the money was handed over to them. The boat that brought the money, they now removed me from their own evil boat to that boat and uh, took me back to, mm-hmm. and took me to Sapele. Okay. After regaining his freedom, Osayamore spent a few weeks in the hospital recovering. But, scarcely a month later, he released a new album about his ordeal, 30 Days and 30 Nights in the Evil Forest, available in local music shops in Edo State and also on YouTube. It is Osayamore's 104th album. On the album, Osayamori relates the story of his kidnapping, mixing in fragments of new and classic songs with spoken dialogue in Pidgin English and Benin language. OJ! Huh? How you doing now? I did, boo. I just did. I just did. All these things will happen to me, so. You see, I don't see all of them. I don't talk them before. Anybody say something where he never see. Let me say, he never walk out there. This is my leg. Never enter boat since they bought me not to say I want to enter high, big sea, big water like that one. Oh, man. A song like this, I don't sing them before. My friend, OJ, I don't know, but uh, this thing, it surprised me, oh. but now you think I say when there is life? Uh, I, I talk um, before I say in all of this, the people who they speak of oh, when there is life, there is hope. I go, and I still come back, my life saved. So I still thank God. No more when I know, no more when I sabi. Who were your kidnappers? Do you know who they were? No, I've never seen their face in my life. So did they know your reputation as a freedom fighter? They never put it to a concern that I was a freedom fighter. If they knew, they won't do that to me. Terrible. No, be you think we are fighting for our freedom. Uh, How you gonna work out like this now? I don't understand. I be do everything. When they begin to take oil from Nigeria data, 
Now me begin cry. No, no song where I not sing. Even the government of the day that time, they not like me for it. They put me for sale. And the people where me are they fight for, they say they be freedom fighter now today. Some of them, me, I don't start the freedom fighting before they were born. But the one way the country pay me today now, yes. now to kidnap and collect me, go evil forest for 30 days and 30 nights. I, I hope be free, no fighter now. We are fighting, fighting for our freedom. We are fighting, fighting for our rights. We are fighting, fighting for our freedom. Baba, oh, where are you? Mama, oh, where are you? We are fighting, fighting for our freedom. The kidnappers are from the Niger Delta, the oil-rich area, you know, that are fighting with expatriates and uh, highly placed people in society. They said I'm equally highly placed that I must help them pay for the price for taking oil in their place. In, in the meantime, I'm not a government official. I'm, I have never worked for any multinational nor government. Mm -hmm. So it was really a shocking news. I know you feel it. Sure. Because people, yes, I have a lot of respect for my people, yes. But these people are different tribe. In recent years, there have been a number of similar kidnappings in Edo State. The director of a zoo, a Catholic priest, a university professor. And some of these kidnappings were carried out by so-called militants from the Niger Delta, but not all. Also, while some of the perpetrators have been captured, Osayamore's kidnappers remain at large. And, and the kidnappings that are going on, I, I'm trying to understand why it's happening or who's behind it. I mean, you know, is, is it political? No, it is not. No political uh, relationship at all. It's not. These are just criminals who, whose means of livelihood is uh, kidnapping. Mm -hmm. And there are, are pockets of them all over the country. Right. So no political undertone, nothing near that. If it was political, they won't even do it to me. Right. Because they know that I'm putting everything in place to make sure democracy stands in my country. It's been almost a year since Osayamore's kidnapping. I've called him a few times recently, but I haven't been able to reach him. The last time we spoke, he was still trying to recover emotionally and financially from his ordeal. I have not been left. No. But my people are trying mm -hmm. one way or the other to make sure I still keep my body and soul together. So uh, partially supporting my means of livelihood. Producer Morgan Greenstreet and Osayumar himself. Stay tuned for more Afropop close-ups 
We'll be traveling to Covadamuja, a neighborhood outside Lisbon, Portugal, where a small recording studio is something of a community hub, a very musical community at that. I'm Georges Collinet, and you're listening to Afropop Worldwide from PRI, Public Radio International. In the 1970s, African immigrants from Cape Verde and Angola began to settle in the hills outside of Lisbon, forming the neighborhood known as Cova da Mucha. Today, Cova M, as the locals call it, is a close-knit community. Sebastian Buchneit visited the neighborhood and stopped by their local recording studio and community center, where new Afro-Lusophone music is pouring out of the speakers in spite of the challenges facing many in Cova M. In the outskirts of Lisbon, there's a neighborhood built on a hill. If you look to the north, there's the whitewashed concrete suburbs of Amadora. To the south, a highway and a vast forest that separates the neighborhood from the city center. This is Cova da Mora, known by most as Cova M or just Cova. If you listen to the streets of Cova, you'll hear Creole rap, Afro House, Funana, Kizomba. A lot of that music is made right here in the neighborhood. Here in the ghetto, have a studio, Kovem Studio. Everybody makes the song there. That's a photographer and rapper from Koba named Rock G. But before we talk about the studio, we need to get to know the neighborhood a little bit. If you want for me somewhat to, to describe this neighborhood, it was freedom. Freedom to do everything that you want. My name is Paul, and my nickname, like everybody knows me around, is Mima. Mima will be our guide through the neighborhood. He's Kova M through and through. I was born inside of my house, in a small bedroom, in 1982. Everything that I know, I learned in the African culture, because the first language that I learned to speak, it was the Creole, for sure, because my parents, they speak Creole. They was born in Kova my father arrives in Portugal in 1974. Mima's story is common in Cova. Most people there are first, second, third generation immigrants from Lusophone Africa, mostly Cape Verde. Here we are a big family for sure. It's like the another island from Cape Verde, yes. Yeah. Never been in Cape Verde. But I was they raised me in the Calvarian culture. Like Mima's dad, a whole lot of people came to Lisbon in 1974. That year, the Carnation Revolution overthrew Portugal's dictatorship and many of its colonies won independence. At first, rural Portuguese flocked to the city for work and started squatting on the empty hill. Then, started to arrive in the, the African people from Cape Verde, mostly. Cape Verde, Santo Príncipe, Angola, Guinea-Bissau. You can also find people from Brazil, from Ukraine, Moldavia, yes, from, from Bangladesh, India. You can find a lot of different people. People built houses there without permits, without basic services. Even today, some people who've lived there for 50 years still don't have a legal deed to their house and thus lack the power and financial security that owning property confers. 
me must see the bitter irony in it. For me, it's easy to understand this, that the entire country was built by the ends from the African people, even today. The neighborhood has changed a lot since the beginning, but its vibrant spirit has stayed strong throughout. On the end of the day, people arrive from their jobs, drink some drinks, eat something, the kids running on the streets. It's, it's a normal place to live in. But it's different than the other places in Portugal, for sure. It's like that this piece of land don't belong to Portugal. Yeah, it's crazy thing. It's the best way to explain it. That's partly because of its personality and partly because the Portuguese society keeps it in the margins. The media only really talks about Cova when there's police involved. It's unsparingly called a slum. They paint it as pretty much just dangerous gang territory. Most Portuguese talk about Cova with fear. Crime and poverty are absolutely problems in Cova, but the outside narrative chooses to reduce people to being either criminals or victims and not much else. <laughs> That's Julia Carlino. She works in Cova. It's actually Mima's job to change the outside narrative by giving tours of the neighborhood. I receive people from the four corners of the world, yeah. People from everywhere. And why do they want to come to Cova? Now they start to come here because of our job, because we create some project that we call it Sabura, that brings the people here in this kind of neighborhood. They can come here to dance, they can, they can come here to eat something, some African food, some kachupa, whatever they want. Yes, it's good for the economy. The first purpose is to increase the economy. But for me, it's to show, it's to show, it's to show the culture. It's to show our culture, the real, thing, the real things that happens around here that the people from the media don't want to show. Sabura is a project of Moinho da Juventude, a non-profit community center that serves as a kind of hub for Cova. Both Mima and Julia work at Moinho. This place grew up with the, with the neighborhood. Yeah. The Moink started out with a group of neighbors that wanted to change, to be able to change their living conditions. So today is quite large. Uh, it reaches about, well, over 1,000 people. This place is everything. For, because they can take care of their legal problems. They can find some people to help them with the welfare problems. They can find the job inside of the neighborhood. And then there's that music studio. It's part of Muinho. It gives the neighborhood a kind of public voice through music. I went to check it out. It's beautiful. It's fresh and it's clean. It's got a big computer, a mixer, a keyboard, and an isolation booth. A recording voice. This studio uh, exists since many years already, but it didn't have this building. And in 2008, uh, the youngsters 
built it together with uh, Topinto, an older person that works with us. EEA grants from uh, Scandinavia. They support the building. The guy who runs it is in his 30s. He was born in Cape Verde, raised in Cova, and got a professional degree in music production in Luxembourg. <laughs> his name is Walter Forch. But he's known by his nickname. That means stork, like the bird. If someone from Kova M wants to make a song, Sagonia can teach them how to do it. A lot of people that use the studio are kids, some of them as young as 12 years old. Walter likes uh, working with the kids, having these activities with the kids. And also, uh, when he was younger, um, there was no one to teach him. He, so he doesn't want them to have this experience too. He likes that they know from early on how to do these things. Simano gosta vive, curte sem limite, para riba, para baixo, sem preocupa com o trabalho. Depois é modigo, mó que luta paga água, fazer e bovira, um jogo de barrajo. Rei, rainha, amizade, alegria, importante de amor, e ganha pão de cada dia. Minha conta com fadiga, usa saber muda, dinheiro caça tiga, mas com fé no tajuguta. Mante sempre firme, posso estar sem grana, Simano gosta vive, para não vive sem reclama. Sorriso, paz de amor, teu afeto. That's Rabentu Custo by teenagers Rafa and Marivata. They're singing about their families and the struggles to get what they need. You work hard, but the money doesn't come, they say. I asked Sagonia how the kids feel when they put out a song. They're quite happy when the music is uh, online, when it's out. Um, they also, Walter gave the example, for instance, if a kid like Rafa had bad grades in school, and he said, you need to do better in school before I put it online. So he, he had to bring better grades, then the music was out and then he is around all happy in the neighborhood and shows the music to everybody. <laughs> and the kids in Kova M have a lot to say. A lot of them want to be rappers or producers. Walter teaches them in the computer how to make a beat and then they make their own um, the recording and the beats. 
e depois nós vamos ver porque eles não estão a dizer a... Some come with the lyrics and they want to sing. Walter looks with them to the lyrics so that uh, maybe they bring words that they shouldn't use or rather than um, inviting to the use of violence and so on that you bring them to talk about their life and how they would like it to be in a different uh, way. And the Koba M studio is free for anybody in the neighborhood to use. Other people from uh, not the neighborhood, they uh, give a contribution to use the studio. So if anybody in the neighborhood wants to be a musician, they can they have a space to start. I see, I see. Kova's rappers speak their truths, clearly spelling out the neighborhood's struggles. Jobs are scarce. A lot of people end up in low-paying, unstable jobs with rough hours and long commutes. Many are undocumented. Some fall victim to gang violence, although that's decreased a lot since the 90s. Mima lost a brother that way. It's sad to be an African guy in Porsche, to grow up in this kind of place. Mostly because you can find a lot of racial discrimination in these days in Porsche, for sure. On the justice, on the education, jobs, and healthcare. Some people get wrapped up in the wrong stuff and end up in trouble. And the Portuguese police only make things worse. They train on the police schools, on the academy, and then they practice inside of the neighborhood. Sometimes bad things happen because of that. They shoot and kill bad people. I lose one, two, three, four, five, six guys since I was a little boy that the police shot them today. Some day they were minor, 14 years old. The Afro-American guys, they spent through the same problems in the United States. Last year, 18 police officers were charged with the racist assault of some local teens. The case is not yet over, but for a first, Kova M seems to be getting the court's support. Police violence is a big topic for Kova's rappers. Speaking about the problem puts pressure on it to change. And now with the new technologies, we can reach a lot of different places. Like YouTube, Kova M rapper LBC Soldier likens broadcasting rap online to being a ghetto Al Jazeera. Obviously, to broadcast a message, the words that they choose matter. Normally, they sing in Creole. They don't like to sing in Portuguese. Yes, they are very proud of their culture. Creole rap is uh, quite popular now. I'm in Portuguese, que estão cantar em Creole. Yes, they like Portuguese who sing in Creole. The Kova M Studio produced some of the neighborhood's first million YouTube view rap songs. Most of the big names from Kova got started in that studio. Here's a track from the rap crew that call themselves Kova M. Kova M Studio, puto de mazumbes. Yeah. Kenya 
cubitas com taxi mami estressado frustrado sente o razão para sem nada pragado That's Vida Marginal, Marginal Life. Everyone's looking for a better life, they're saying. You have to work hard to survive in this world. The rich get richer and the poor get poorer. I just want to live a long, tranquil life away from pain, he said. Tragically, two of the talented young rappers on this track passed away this year. Danny G was killed in a motorcycle accident. And just last week, Putoji drowned in a lake in Luxembourg. He'd recently left Kova to find work in Belgium. The Kova community was hit hard by the loss of these two rapidly rising stars. Minda Guevara says in Yamundu, you have to be real and to not let the bad things get you down. Kova is so much more than its troubles. It's a peaceful place. You can walk around and meet the people. It's a cool. Yeah, we are a big family, for sure. I know all the guys from the neighborhood, the old people also. I grew up with their sons, it's a big family. Everybody have some fun with everybody, drink some beers with your own boys. On the end of the day, it's, it's not. As you can see, the lady is, is, is preparing the barbecue. Well, for the people that come from the job right now, it's made for the people. Also. If it wasn't clear, Mima loves his home. The people, they got the same feeling. They love this place. Mostly on the weekends. On the weekends, it's crazy. Normally, the restaurants and the, the bars, at night, they become a disco. And the people can have some fun. Mima brought me to meet a guy who makes Afro House at the Koba M studio. Osamba! But he was on his way out the door. It's time for him to go to work. But he took a minute to talk with us outside. His siblings were running around in the street, playing with his sweet baby pitbull, El Chapo. His name is Sambaso. I was born in Guinea-Bissau. An exclusive guy doing this kind of thing. Because it's not normal to see people from Afro House that sings in the language from Guinea-Bissau. It's not easy to find. Samba learned how to produce from Segonia at the Kova M studio. We're listening to his track right now. It's called Dal Po. It's a party tune. Dalpo. Even though Kova is full of life, the government still treats it like a problem. Sometimes they created a negative idea about this kind of label because they want to demolish to do what? what? I don't know. Several times in the past, the government has sought to demolish Kova and sell it to developers. But they can't beat us because we are more strong than them. <laughs> The Kova M studio serves as a kind of conduit for that expression. The music sends the message. To complement that message, Muinho da Juventude offers practical ways to build power and advocate for a better life in the neighborhood. And we are pioneer in a lot of different things. There's a daycare, a kindergarten, several after-school programs, a community library, free computer labs, trainings for public school teachers, 
legal services, there's sports. There's much work. Uh, it's very diverse. How many people from here, they create a lot of crazy things. Yeah. They can do it. From music videos shot on cell phones to the huge annual Kova M Youth Festival. The biggest point from that Kova M Festival is the two days with different kind of African music. Yes, Brazil, Cape Verde, Angola, Mozambique, yes, all kind of places. We got some workshops from Kizomba, hip hop, uh, uh, soccer tournaments, it's a lot of things. The festival has now been around for eight years. People from all around Lisbon come through to share in the creative life of Kova M. In its streets, art is power. Huge murals pay homage to Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., Bob Marley, and Emilcar Cabral, the leader of the Cape Verde Guinea-Bissau independence movement. LVC Soldier, the ghetto Al Jazeera rapper we heard earlier, takes cue from these icons and fights with his words, calling for unity in the battle against racism and inequality. Tudo pobre é um soldier, he sings. All the poor is a soldier. The hope is that if these kids grow up to be musicians, they won't have to sing about the same problems that Kova's rappers are talking about now. Sebastian Booknight in Kova M. Thanks to our producers Dan Rosenberg, Morgan Greenstreet, and Sebastian Booknight for producing these close-ups, and Akonefa Achia and Banninger for their indispensable work on this season. Funding for Afropop Worldwide comes from the National Endowment for the Arts, which believes a great nation deserves great art, and PRI, Public Radio International affiliate stations around the U.S. And thank you for supporting your public radio station. Visit afropop.org to hear the rest of the Afropop close-ups from Season 3. It's a good one, I tell you that. You can also find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at AfropopWW. Our podcast and video series can be found on iTunes, Spotify, Sonos, and wherever else podcasts are popping up. My Afropop partner is Sean Barlow. Sean produces our program for World Music Productions. This program was stitched together by Ben Richman. And join us next week for another edition of Afropop Worldwide. Our chief audio engineer and co-producer is Michael Jones. Additional engineering by yours truly and Stephanie Lebeau. Budding Air and C.C. Smith edit our website, afropop.org. Our producer for new media is Ben Richman. And I'm Georges Collinet. <laughs> PRI, Public Radio International.